It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and this is a show about food. It's called Pandora's Lunchbox, still has the same name. This is the edible calendar edition of Pandora's Lunchbox. This is the special autumn edible calendar, the autumn edible almanac calendar edition of Pandora's autumn animal, 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 and here's the kinks. They're coming. Okay, I have a turntable spinning. Hmm. Okay, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. Every 6.30 at uh, something or other we do, we make funny noises, we make percussive noises while we wait for music to begin. Okay, let's see what we're going to do here. Okay, here we go. Let me, let me start by saying, did I mention this is the edible calendar? Hope you enjoyed that musical selection by the Kinks. It's uh, a remake of John Cage's 4 minutes 33 seconds. Let's try this one now, shall we? Let's see what happens if we do this. Let's see. I hear some sounds. It's autumn. And it's an almanac. It's an autumn almanac. Good heavens.
Yes. Yes. Oh, the record's over. Sorry. <clears throat> How embarrassing. That was The Kinks and Autumn Almanac. Again, as I mentioned before that, before Autumn Almanac, we heard The Kinks' rendition of John Cage's 4 minutes, 33 seconds. I hear it really kicks butt live in studio a little bit different. But this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. I'm Mike. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on, and I wanted to talk to you about that. First of all, I wanted to mention tonight, well, if you happen to hear the Pandora's Lunchbox about a month ago, we were celebrating the Chinese Mid-Autumn Festival, talking about mooncakes and Chinese culture and all of that sort of thing. A wonderful opportunity to educate yourself more about Chinese culture and have a lot of fun is tonight at Rackham Auditorium. The Chinese Ensemble, coming from China's Renmin University, will be performing at Rackham Auditorium at 7.30 tonight. So that's something you ought to know. I'm also going to tell you about some other concerts and things. But in the meantime, that's tonight at 7.30 at Rackham. Now, tomorrow, there's going to be something special going on at Tappan Middle School. Now, we've had some guests on the show from the Agrarian Adventure before. It's a very interesting idea that originated in California, has been remade here in Ann Arbor. And the idea is to put a garden in a school. Well, not in the school, but outside of the school. Now, gardens in and of themselves are wonderful things, and kids can learn a lot from them. And when kids make their own vegetables and herbs and things, it really helps them to own the food they make and to learn about food. But the agrarian adventure wants to go a bit further, and what they've been doing is integrating this into the curriculum. So actually, it's not just an extracurricular activity, although it's that too. It's also part of the curriculum. So they're trying to make the agrarian adventure a part of kids' lives in the school. We're going to take a moment to go back to June. It's going to be magical. We're going to go back to June when I spoke to some folks from the Agrarian Adventure about what they were doing that June. They had a special event there, and they talked about things going on in the fall, things going on in the spring, and all the different things that they do with the Agrarian Adventure. Let's listen to Alyssa Trumbull, the executive director of the Agrarian Adventure, talking about all of that. In the fall, there are when things are kind of in full bounty, when we're trying to plan for a lot of our harvests, right when the kids get back to school. The sixth graders come out and they do a poetry unit, and they're using all their senses, and they come out in the garden and explore um, and taste and try and touch and feel different things that are out here, and they write incredible poems based on that experience. And we have um, a social studies unit that's a few days long, kind of a mini supplemental unit to the colonial history part of the eighth grade curriculum so they come out and learn about life in the American colonies some of the foods they might have and um, garden and they actually cooked and made squash soup this year and harvested from the three sisters garden and pressed apples and so those are some of the things we've done in the fall and then in the spring actually the math classes are responsible right now we're standing on the y-axis in the garden and um, very close to the x-axis and the, the garden beds, the kids planted and planned, and um, the sixth graders, and they did a great job. So they kind of get a story problem about what the plants need and where they, where they, what, how much space they need, and they know they're trying to maximize it, and then they plan and graph it and actually plant it. So there's more, but that's a big part. <laughs> um, every year we do a big spring seedling planting, and um, uh, this year... All the 6th and 7th graders planted, so that's 600 kids planted a seed, um, a vegetable or flower seed. That's a lot of seeds. It's a ton of seeds, <laughs> and then that's the foundation for the garden out here, and then we donate some if there's extras, which there usually are. Sometimes we can pull off a plant sale and um, put the money back into buying seeds for next year, and that's um, 
that's a kind of the big kickoff so that's in april and usually they're out here gardening and prepping the beds with the broad fork and uh working it working the soil as well as planting the seeds and um passing along oh what's the way to say that so like the sixth graders this year the ones that wrote their garden poetry and got to try some fresh watermelon that students had grown when they first came in to tap in as a sixth grader they planted the watermelon seeds that are going to grow into the watermelon plants that next year's sixth graders are going to try so even though they might not be the ones that are going to eat the food they know where it's going or who it's for at least roughly and um kind of build in that community My name is Mary Pedley, and I teach Latin here at Tappan Middle School. And my seventh graders, as part of their study about the Romans, uh, decided to put together an herb garden that's made up of herbs that the Romans would have used in their cooking. And the interesting thing about herbs in antiquity is that herbs also had special meaning not only for cooking, but also for the gods and for medicine and for health and even for athletes. And so every one of these herbs not only was used in cooking, but many of them were sacred to different gods. For example, garlic was dedicated to Mars, the god of war. For the Romans believed that eating garlic made you courageous on the battlefield. And thyme was something that was associated with Apollo. He was the god of sports as well as music and the sun. And soldiers and athletes, before they competed, always rubbed their chests with thyme to make themselves perform better. And a phrase of praise was if you smelled of thyme, it meant that you were probably victorious and whatever your game was. So this is our ancient herb bed, and we hope that it brings a lot of pleasure to people who come and visit it. Well, that's a little bit of sound from the agrarian adventure happening at Tappan Middle School. That was in June, but you got a real good idea of the kind of things they do all year. They're having a special school garden harvest dinner at Tappan Middle School tomorrow, November 6th, from 6.30 to 8.00. Food grown by students, prepared by students, and served by students at the Tappan Middle School cafeteria. And it's something you can find out more about at agrarianadventure.org. I should also mention that at 5.30 p.m. before the dinner is a school greenhouse tour, it's going to be led by a solar hoop house production expert from the MSU Student Organic Farm. Hoop house being a little different from a greenhouse. A greenhouse basically being about heat, trying to get warm vegetables growing all year. Hoop houses trying to go for a bit more of a natural style where you get warm vegetables in the warm months and cold weather vegetables in the cold months in a way that's more accommodating to all of them. So you can find out about the hoop house at 5.30. There is a dinner from 6.30 to 8 at Tappan Middle School in Ann Arbor, the school garden harvest dinner from the Agrarian Adventure. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. This is the Edible Calendar Almanac Autumn Edition and Teacher the Dog Ate My Edible Calendar Homework Program. And what is good this time of year, speaking of things that are very appropriate to this time of year, apples, wouldn't you say? Scruffy, aren't they?
George Harrison, and that's Apple Scruffs. Yeah. It's not actually about apples, but it is, in fact, about the Apple record label that George Harrison and the Beatles, other Beatles, has put together. And a record label that they put in a great big warehouse where people from all over came to hang on the doorstep in hopes that they would have a chance to go into Apple Studios and be great big stars like the Beatles. And George would see them in the morning, asleep on the steps, waiting to get into Apple to be noticed. And he wrote that affectionate little tribute called Apple Scruffs. That's from the album All Things Must Pass, which is a very appropriate phrase for fall, isn't it? All things must pass, leaves falling. But you know what? We all get together and we have events and we have food and we share. Now, we talked a little about the school garden harvest dinner at Tappan Middle School. One thing that's going on for a while here has been the farmer's market in Ypsilanti. Of course, there's the one in Ann Arbor. Now, the Ypsilanti farmer's market is in two pieces, there is the one on Saturday at the Freight House near Depot Town. There is also the Tuesday Farmer's Market, which happens closer to downtown. Now, one thing that they've decided to do with the Tuesday edition of the Farmer's Market is to have special seasonal winter markets inside the Corner Brewery in Ypsilanti. The Corner Brewery is a place where all kinds of things are happening other than drinking and playing Scrabble and whatnot. But nonetheless, it's a place where the Shadow Art Fair happens every year, twice a year. And now a seasonal winter market from the downtown Ypsilanti Winter Farmer's Market. 
And that's going to be Tuesdays, November 10th and 24th from 3 to 7 p.m. And Tuesdays, December 8th and 22nd from 3 to 7 p.m. That's in the Corner Brewery in Ypsilanti. If you ever hung out at the Ypsilanti Farmer's Market near downtown, near the depot town, sorry, in the freight house, being inside that great big freight house was a great place to be when you were looking for food and stuff. Now there's a chance in Ypsilanti again to go inside the Corner Brewery, which is a nice old brick building, and look for produce and things like that. So there you go. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. I've been Mike for a while, and coming up at 7, Arwolf will help us to face the music, talking about things going on in town. This Saturday, Anthony Bourdain is going to be at the Michigan Theater talking about his food shows and his life as a chef. He was a chef for quite some time, but quit to travel the world and discover and eat any kind of food that could possibly be wonderful and interesting. And he's eaten some beautiful, wonderful things and some things that have made people cringe. But he's just interested in exploring food, and that's something that I can definitely relate to. He's also written a number of books, including a book about Typhoid Mary, as a matter of fact. He wrote a book, basically an urban historical, says the book, on Typhoid Mary, Mary Mallon, who was a cook, by the way. And he wrote the book in the style to basically look from the cook's perspective of what it was like to be Typhoid Mary, what she grew up in, what it was like to be Irish in New York at the turn of the century, and what it was like to be a cook and to accept what was given to you and to take it and all of that. A lively book, as a matter of fact. Anthony Bourdain wrote Typhoid Mary and other books. He's going to be at the Michigan Theater at 7 o'clock. Now, what am I going to say about this here? Let's see what happens if I hit this uh, button here. Okay. What I've got here is a 45 on a turntable. Or I should be more accurate. accurate. I should be more, uh, more of an acolyte to say that what I've got is a picture of a 45 on a turntable on a computer screen of Bull Moose Jackson Big 10-inch record. And I'm about to play that for you, but there's this funny little spinning disc on the screen that says, no, you're not playing this yet, because you see technology saves us from, from ourselves. All right, then, in the meantime, we're going to play a little bit of something from another artist who's going to be in town Saturday, November 7th, this Saturday. Gal Costa from Brazil is going to be in town. She's going to be performing with Romero Lubombo, also from Brazil. And... They're probably not going to do a full band. I get the impression it's just two musicians, but nonetheless, they will be at Hill Auditorium. This is a, a bit of a band record by Gal Costa. This is a kicker. This is called Chiclet Com Banana, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Chicletes eu misturo com banana E 
That's Gal Costa, spelled C-O-S-T-A. She's going to be performing this Saturday with guitarist Romero Lubombo at Hill Auditorium. Again, I'm not sure if it's going to be a full band like that, but her and a guitarist at least, that should be something. Be able to do a song about a banana. That would be a good thing. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and it's coming up on 7, but I wanted to talk to you about flying pumpkins, very quickly flying pumpkins before we go. I know you've been thinking, when is going to get to the really quickly flying pumpkins? Well, of course. Duh. Okay. This is some sad news from the Daily Press and Argus of Livingston, Livingston County. A group called Second Amendment, the Team Second Amendment, in fact, a pumpkin chunkin' team that hurls, hurls pumpkins for thousands and thousands of feet, unfortunately may not be able to do that anymore. And this is something quite awful. I know you're thinking that. Now, they have been, they have been competing in the World Championship Pumpkin Chunkin' Competition which is happening, by the way, in Delaware this weekend. Uh, but because of the down economy, this Michigan-based, Livingston County-based Team Second Amendment will not be able to chunk, chuck a pumpkin or punk a chunkin or any of those things. This is a team, the Second Amendment team, has done very well in past years. As a matter of fact, has won several championships. Let's see. They won in here. I got this information. They won first place in 2005, 2006, and also in 2002 and 2003, competing against such teams as El Lancho Grande and Spooky Bazooki. The categories for the pumpkin chunkin include air cannon, centrifugal, catapult, trebuchet, human power, and torsion. So the Michigan Second Amendment, sadly, after four championships, because of the economy, will not be able to afford the work it takes to chunk the pumpkin. But Big Ten Inch is a group, as a team, that is going to be competing this year. They were the first they were the first place winners. Was that last year they were first place? Oh, you know, I know they were first place winners in two thousand seven, but I don't have in front of me whether they won last year. That's very tragic and not very professional. But nonetheless, the Punkin Chunkin contest has been going on in in Delaware for quite some time now. And this is something very interesting. You know, this group, the big ten inch, went to Utah to, to rehearse, to practice the chunkin' of the pumpkin, and they were able to send the pumpkin 4,623 feet, beating the former record by 132 feet. Oddly enough, this article from Utah does not mention that they're called Big Ten Inch. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that. But nonetheless, this group, Big Ten Inch, are from Pennsylvania, Delaware, and New Jersey. They held their collective breath, says here, as the pumpkin shot out of a 10-inch diameter cannon either to explode into a million pieces and become a pumpkin pie in the sky or to impact intact and break the Guinness World Records. Thank you, Nelda McAllister of the Deseret News of Deseret, Utah, for that beautiful prose. And here's to the pumpkin chunkins. Throughout the week, I should mention before we go, they tried different varieties of vegetables, such as the white Casper pumpkin and even green river melons. But the 10-pound tropical pumpkin winner was deemed best for a world record because of its almost perfectly circular shape and smoothness and its similarity to a bowling ball. And that's the Pumpkin Chunkin' Contest this weekend in Delaware. Thank you for listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike in spite of it all. Just a recap of some of the things going on tonight at 
7.30 at Rackham Auditorium, the Chinese Ensemble from China's Renmin University is performing. Tomorrow night from 6.30 to 8, it's the School Garden Harvest Dinner of the Agrarian Adventure at Tappan Middle School. You can find out about that at, agrari- at agrarian, agrarianadventure.org, if you can say it. And Saturday night, cook and food book author, etc., Anthony Bourdain is going to be at the Michigan Theater. Thank you for listening. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, and Arbel is here to help us to face the music. And hopefully our, this fellow here, Bull Moose Jackson, is going to help us out, too. Here's to the Big Ten Inch. Got me the strangest woman. Believe me, this chick's no cinch. But I really get her going when I take out my Big Ten Inch record of the band that plays the blues. The band that plays the blues. She just loves my Big Ten Inch record of her favorite blues. Okay, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and hey, sorry. Last night I tried to tease her, I gave her a little pinch, but she said, now stop that jiving, and get out that big 10-inch record of the band that plays the blues. Well, the band that plays the blues, she just loves my big 10-inch record of her favorite blues. I cover her with kisses, when we're in a love with clinch, and when she gets all excited, she begs for my big 10-inch record of the band that plays the blues. Well, the band that plays the blues, she just loves that big 10-inch record of her favorite blues. just makes her flinch see she just goes for nothing except my big 10 inch record of the band that plays the blues well the band that plays the blues she just loves my big 10 inch record of her favorite blues that really is kind of thrilling this is a, um, now you can hear the phonograph shutting down. This is almost like an old Gerard phonograph on a uh, uh, YouTube, YouTube file. Somebody just took all their, uh, their old 45s and YouTubed them, and Mike Perini has just aired one of them for you with the thrilling digital pause in the middle of it for some reason. On WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz, with the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, broadcasting from the basement of the Student Activities Hotel in downtown Ann Arbor. Student-run experimental radio from the University of Michigan with lots of community involvement. It is now time for Face the Music. We're going to hear multiple versions of a Georgia fiddling song 
a Georgia fiddling tune by Gid Tanner and the Skillet Lickers. You're going to be hearing it at many different velocities. This was engineered by Ed Special for us, on my request. Uh, there will also be um, visitations from other people. So the entire hour will not be nothing but the Gid Tanner fiddling tune, but there will be quite a, a bit of it will be devoted to this strange artifact. Right now, though, it's time for something from Camille Sanson. You ready? Tune here, me 